0: Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at Optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, Optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith.
1: Good morning. Happy Saturday morning. Welcome to The Gary Smith Show. Uh, my name is Gary Smith. I get to be your tour guide for the next hour or so. Hope you all are doing well today and uh, hopefully going to be a nice day out there. When I came into the studio this morning, it was still trying to make up its mind what it was supposed to do, but I guess it's supposed to be a a fairly nice day out there. So get out and enjoy some of the fall weather, maybe rake a few leaves or something like that today. Sounds like a, a great day to do that. I hope the show turns out better than the way things started this morning. I came into the studio this morning, plopped my computer down, turned it on and Nothing. Uh, so, uh, so fortunately, I have a, an iPad here that I can use. So, uh, so that's what we're using to get your emails today. So, if you do uh, want to call in and talk to us on the show, um, call in numbers 860 uh, 432 9735, text 860 856 7193, and emails to questions at com. So, we'd love to, uh, love to have a chance to talk to you. Uh, today's show is going to be a real interesting one. Um, For those of you who are business owners or who are involved in sales at any level, uh, let me ask you a question. How do you like getting a no? Do you see it as something that's really negative, uh, or do you see it as something that is part of the process that you have to go through and part of the step of getting to the next level and eventually getting to that yes? And when you get a no, are you persistent in following through to try and figure out uh, what the no is all about so that if there are some objections or things like that, that you can, uh, can overcome those things uh, and really exploring what it is that your potential customer or client really needs and how to go about uh, communicating with them. I think that's one of the things that's difficult in the sales field is that there are so many salespeople out there today that what happens is that they, uh, they get a no and they just give up. Uh, they don't bother to follow through and they don't, they don't realize that, uh, that part of the, the whole process of selling is not just getting the no's and expecting that you're going to get them and realizing that it's part of the way we do business, but it's also learning to push through and break through those no's to the other side uh, to actually be able to do business with people. And that's what we're going to be talking with, um, about today with Andrea Waltz. Andrea uh, and her husband uh, are uh, co-authors of a best-selling book called Go for No, and they also run a company called Courage Crafters Incorporated. Along with her husband and business partner, Richard Fenton, uh, she shares a unique message internationally on how to achieve extraordinary sales success by hearing no more often. And I know you guys are probably going to think that's business heresy, but believe me, when we get into the program, you'll understand what we're talking about. Speaking on stage together, uh, Richard and Andrea teach people in a wide variety of businesses and industries how to reprogram the way they think about the word no and to fail their way to success. They show specific ways to apply this approach on a daily basis, creating a mindset that encourages tenacity and persistence even during the tough times. Richard makes the case from a numbers and statistics standpoint, and Andrea deals with the mindset and emotions around their ideas. It's truly one of the most unique and powerful programs being delivered today. Uh, Prior to launching their company 15 years ago, Andrea originally wanted to work with George Lucas, but after getting rejected at the ripe old age of eight, (laughs) She went on to build a career in sales and, and management, and she met Richard at LensCrafters, and they decided to launch Courage Crafters. Their articles have been published in hundreds of online and offline journals, including several times in Success Magazine. They've written four books, but Go for No is the most popular, closing in on 300,000 copies sold. It has been on number one on Amazon's sales and selling bestseller list and remains in the top 20 after the last three years. Audiences are thrilled with this unique message, and they include organizations such as American Express, Mobile Mini, The Pampered Chef, Kodak, MPI, Pep Boys, Utility Warehouse, Harry & David, Hibbett Sports, Cookie Lee, Primerica Financial, AmeriPlan, Life Touch. Lightyear Wireless, and many, many more. So it's a real thrill to have had the opportunity to talk with Andrea, and we are going to jump into our first uh, segment with her on Go for No. Okay, so today our topic is going to be a really interesting one. It's called Go for No. And I got to tell you, folks, the first time I heard that, it kind of took me back, and I I sat back, and it's like, wait a minute. I thought the idea was going for yes. Yes. Uh, but but I, it really piqued my curiosity and my and my interest in really getting to know today's guest, who is Andrea Waltz, who is actually the author of a book called Go for No. But I think it's Go for No is more than a book. It's a philosophy and it's a way to approach uh, how to be more successful in business. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, Andrea, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. It's just great to have you on the show.
2: Well, it's great to be on today. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun today, I'm sure. So let's dive uh, right in. Why did you write a book about hearing no more? Because it sounds like people should want to do exactly the opposite. (laughs)
2: exactly <laughs> yeah it does doesn't it um and of course we all love yes uh and yes is so positive and and everybody hates no or at best you know they they tolerate the nos that they get in business and in life um, we wrote the book called go for no and and named it that that strategy and that philosophy um because not that we're trying to convince people that all they want is no, and that you know that that ultimately that is what you're wishing and secretly hoping and praying for. What we're saying is, is that rejection and no's are out there, and oftentimes you will fail at first, you will be rejected at first, sometimes many times, um, to reach your goal, to reach your objective, your dream, whatever. But that you know, in order to get. To those yeses, you've got to hear those noes first. So it is a counterintuitive philosophy. Ultimately, it is about getting to yes. We just get there by dealing with the reality that the noes usually come first.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, I think, an important distinction uh, that, you know, that you really do have to learn to get through the no's in order to get to the yeses. And, and I want to explore that just a little bit because one of the areas that I work in um, somewhat is the area of negotiating. And one of the things that I, I talk to people about is the whole concept that uh, many times when people go into negotiations, they go in it from the viewpoint of of looking at it from this perspective of if I win, you lose. And what I try to do is to get them to think about things differently and realize that many times people are looking at the same thing from a different perspective. And if we take the time to understand the perspective that other people are coming from, then we realize that what they want out of the negotiation is often not what we want. And so if we can realize that and realize that, that winning in that situation is not mutually exclusive, that we have the opportunity to help them get what they want and then by doing that we ultimately get what what we want. Is that some of the things that you're talking about as far as pushing pushing through the no to get to the yes?
2: Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up, Gary, because um, one of the messages that we like to say is that you know, we're not trying to use go for no as a tool for evil. You know, It's designed to be a tool ultimately for good. But when it comes to selling, a lot of people see selling as uh, you kind of alluded to there as, as a win-lose. It's I win. If I make the sale, I win, you lose, where the goal is to be a win-win. And when you compare and contrast sales, to service, right, being of service to someone, g- delivering great customer service. Um, you know, Richard and I always like to say to sell is to serve, that they're not mutually, you know, exclusive, that you can have both of them, that they're really on, on um, the equal footing, that when you sell, you can also serve simultaneously. A lot of people see them as choices, like, oh, I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to serve other people. I'm going to deliver great customer service. But they think that somehow being a salesperson or selling is really on that opposite side of the spectrum, and those are those salesy people. You can do both simultaneously. Well, the key here, though, um, to get to your point with the win-win is you know, always having that customer's best interest in mind being positively persistent, understanding that those no's are going to come, going back to people who've told you no and going back to them and doing it in a respectful manner. Um, and if you think and if you believe that, that, that the story that you're telling and the product and service you're offering has an opportunity to make someone's life better, then by all means you know, go back and tell your story um, with that to sell as to serve mindset.
1: I agree agree completely. There's a dear friend of mine uh, from over in the UK. His name is Phil Jones, and he's a professional sales trainer. And one of the comments that Phil makes is he said, as a salesman, he said, you know what I am? He said, I am a professional mind maker upper. And he said, all I'm trying to do is, is help people make a decision about what's right for them. He said, if I try to sell them something that they don't need or that they don't want, he said, I'm not a salesperson. I'm just a dishonest bum. My job is to get inside their heads and figure out what it is that they really need and then help them make a decision about what's right for them, what will ultimately benefit them. And if I've done that, not only have I given them something, as you said, Andrea, that will make their life better, but I've done the right thing. And I'm really an honest person with a lot of integrity in the way I do things.
2: Absolutely. I so agree. And I love that. That's so funny, a professional mind maker upper Well, And it's so true. And Gary, I think where the persistence comes in is sometimes in order to have those conversations and to show people that we are there to be an advocate for them and to help them make a good decision, it still requires persistence. There's still that, you know, there's that knee-jerk reaction that all customers and prospects have, which is, oh, you're just trying to sell me something. You don't have my best interest in mind. Um, And so sometimes it requires multiple approaches, multiple no's, and going back to that person so that they see that, you know, you're there, you're there to help. It gives you the opportunity to dig and to figure out, okay, where is that no coming from? Is it no, it's just not for you? You know, it's kind of, it gives you that ability to manage that objection because, of course, we know that when somebody says no, there's always that, It's like an iceberg, right? There's all that underneath stuff that you've got to help them come up with, which is, is it a time issue? Is it a money issue? Is it just a dislike issue? You know, what is it? And so um, that's, you know, what we have to do. But in order to do that, that's where the persistence comes in.
1: Absolutely, and persistence in sales is is something that we all need. Uh, and and it's not. I think a lot of people misunderstand the word persistence. They think that persistence is being in there and being pushy and nasty and aggressive, when really what it is is just kind of that gentle probing and in the process building the relationship, so that you understand what your customer is really looking for, and so that they have the opportunity to to get to know you and and build a relationship. Because ultimately, people will will. Give their business to people they know, people they like, and people they trust.
2: Absolutely, could not agree more.
1: So, in the in the book, you know, you include the concept of, of failing, uh, and you, and you really get into some details on that. Why why is that? Why is failing so important?
2: That's a great question. And the reason that we talk about failure in relationship to know is that when somebody has the opportunity to ask a question, ask for the sale, whatever, and they could be rejected, you know people view that as a failure. So one of the goals in the book and just in our philosophy in general is to help people reprogram how they view failure and success in in a general way. And so in, in we have this very simple model and, you know, we say that most of us in in the world, we – have ourselves in the middle, in between failure and success. So failure is on one side, success is on the other, and we feel like we have to choose. You know, it's kind of like to sell is to serve again. We have to choose between failure or success. And with our model, we try to reconfigure that in people's minds and say, actually, you're on one side, the no's, the rejection, the, quote, failures, if you will, that you're going to experience are really in the middle and the success that you're seeking and the yeses is on the other side of that. And so we're trying to encourage people to move through that rejection and move through those noes and be okay with failure and actually want to fail more so that they can get to those yeses. I think what tends to happen is people get this fear of failure. They don't want to hear those no's. And so as a result, they never give themselves the opportunity, right? They just stop they sit back they decide not to try and so as a result do they ever achieve the success they're looking for no because they were so concerned with that failure in the middle and so that's what we're trying to get people to see is adopt that be okay with that the success is on the other side of it
1: you know there's an example that i've used over the years with that and it's probably pretty well worn out unfortunately but when you look at the game of baseball If you are a superstar in baseball, you're batting 300, which means that you only get your way three out of every 10 times that you're at bat. So you're literally failing 70% of the time. And yet the guys who are willing to do that and get up there and can hit that 300 solidly every year are the ones who are making millions of dollars a year, and and I think that's what you're talking about is you know is the whole concept that we've got to push through and we've got to keep going because really in the the bottom line is the only difference between the successful person and the failure is that the successful person has failed more times. We just get keep getting up and dusting ourselves off and going on, right?
2: Completely. And the funny thing, too, Gary, is that no one knows all about the failures. You know, Richard and I, um, we, you know, with Go For No, Go For No is by all, you know, standards a successful book. It's a, if we had been, um, if we hadn't been, quote, indie published or self-published, um, we would have probably, you know, with our sales, have reached some, some level on the New York Times bestseller list. I mean, we've sold lots and lots of copies. We've also had books that have sold almost no copies. I mean, just just complete and total disasters. Well, we don't go out there and, you know, spend a lot of time talking about those. We're too busy, you know, how, you know trying to get our successes into the world, right? And then we've hit some things, to use your analogy, we've hit some, some doubles and some singles, you know. Um, You only hear about the successes and everybody who's doing anything of any importance, whether it's, you know, billionaires like Richard Branson, um, you know, people like that, you, you see the things that go right, but you don't see all the mistakes, all the failures, all the missed opportunities, all the bad ideas, because they're just not out there for us to see. We just see the glitz and the glamour. So it's important to realize that everybody's out there literally failing their way to success as well.
1: And it's not only a matter of the failures, I don't think. It's a matter of all of the effort that goes in and the preparation that you do. Uh, One of the best examples I have of that is an interview that I saw probably 30 years ago with Jack Nicklaus, uh, who was one of the world's top golfers. And and he made an interesting comment. He said, you know, the only thing that people see of me is the Sunday afternoon making the 15-foot putt uh, on a very difficult 18th green for a $150,000 win. And that's what people think the game of golf is. He said, what they don't see is that every day I'm out on the golf course or I'm out in the backyard. And he said, I literally hit somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000 balls every day in perfecting my craft. And so it's not just a matter of pushing through the failures. It's what do we learn from the failures and, and are we perfecting our craft in the way we do things?
2: Yeah, well said. I love that story. And sometimes the only way to truly learn from those failures is to finally do it, you know, to finally take that chance, take that risk. Um, I had somebody – one of the things that we do that's kind of fun is what we call a go-for-no challenge. So, you know, we'll tell people to take 30 days and see how many no's they can collect. Now, we don't give them a goal. It's all individual. Sometimes if somebody doesn't like to hear no and they haven't heard no for a long time, their goal might be small. Someone else might have a very large, you know, goal to hear a bunch of, bunch of no's. And the point is um, I had a lady write me back one time and she said – The great thing about doing the challenge was um, just going out there and getting all these no's, I learned where all my gaps were. I realized the things that, you know, where I lacked skill in handling a particular conversation or handling a particular objection. I was able to see what I needed additional training in as opposed to just sitting back and saying, well, you know, I don't want to call anybody. I don't want to be rejected, but you don't have any opportunity to learn. So I thought that was really uh, an interesting finding.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And folks, we're talking with uh, Andrea Waltz today about go for no and about pushing through no to, to get to the yes in, uh, in the sales process of your business. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back folks,
2: in addition to the station streaming on the internet through our website, WSDK 1550.com. We also want to alert you to our programming available on TuneIn Radio. On your mobile device, download the TuneIn Radio app. Then under the search bar, type in our call letters WSDK. Now you'll be able to stream our programming on your device. Plus, under the menu icon, you can see our entire program schedule. Also, many of the national programs are archived, so you can go back and listen to previous broadcasts. So no matter where you are, take life-changing radio with you on TuneIn Radio.
1: Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello, I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author, Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book Achieving Unusual Greatness, timeless lessons from the trail already blazed to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today.
2: Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. I believe in miracle. Winds may pick up this afternoon across the Connecticut Valley in advance of an approaching cold front, low 70s. The front passing southward tonight may be a shower as it does so, low to mid 40s. Brist winds tomorrow with sunny periods, low 50s, and that's about all. A bit milder Monday with mostly sunshine, upper 50s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK
1: Weather Update. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show where we've been talking with uh, Andrea Waltz on go for no. Uh, it's a really interesting concept of learning uh, when you're in the sales field. And, you know, it applies to a lot of other areas of life because we're, uh, every, almost everywhere we go, you know, we're selling, we're negotiating. And so how do we push through uh, the objections that people have? How do we learn to, you know, to use that as a positive rather than a negative? And in the, in the break that we, uh, while we were on break, I was thinking a little bit about, because uh, in the first segment, Andrew was talking about failing your way to success. And part of it is realizing that, that, that failure is a normal part of the process uh, but I think there's a couple of other key points that we can make there, and one is that we need to learn from our failures, and that is, uh, you know, we need to stop when we, when we do fail, we need to stop and understand why. You know, was it something that we missed? Were, you know, were our antenna not up and we weren't perceptive enough about what was going on? Uh, or you know what did, we, what did we do, or what did we say, what did we not do or say, and what can we learn from it? Because it's really not a failure if you, if you learn from things. But I think that the, the temptation that we run into is that we beat ourselves up. If we go in and we fail in anything in life, the propensity that we have is to say, oh man, how could I have been so stupid? And, and when we do that, our minds are really good at coming back and telling us exactly why we were stupid. But if we look at it and just ask ourselves better quality questions and say, gee, what is it that we can learn from this process? What is it that I can learn from this failure so that I'll be better the next time, that I won't make the same mistake? Um, so that's one thing I think we need to think about. The other one is is to realize that in getting through the failures, in getting through the no's uh, to the yeses on the other side, Part of that is building a relationship with people because the more you build a relationship with people, uh, the better things seem to go. And And it works on both sides. It works for us because building a relationship helps us to understand who people are and where they're coming from so that we can better identify what it is that they really want, what it is that they're looking for, what it is that they're struggling with, and how we might be able to go ahead and help them. But it also helps them. I've often uh, said here on the show, and I, and I use this all the time when I'm working with other people, uh, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so building a relationship with people gives them the opportunity to get to know you. And as they get to know you, if there's a resonance between your two personalities, they begin to like you and then like leads to trust. And they're going to be more willing to open up and let you get past that no uh, to the yes on the other side. So a couple of important points there. But We're going to jump back into uh, our interview with, uh, with Andrea and see what else she has to say about getting to know. All right, we're back with Andrea Waltz. And as I said before the break, we're talking about go for no and and pushing through the no and using a no as a leverage point uh, in in your life. And you know, Andrea, in a lot of parts of life, um, you know, people, seem to avoid failing. You know, they, they really hate the idea of, of failing, whether it's a, you know, an issue of fear or, or something else that's, you know, that's, that's driving them. So when you run into those situations in, in working with people that they just can't seem to get out there and push, and when they hit the nose, they just kind of bounce off instead of being able to drive through, what do you recommend that they do?
2: Well, Gary, ultimately, you know, it, it does all come down to being able to take action, and you can only, um, you know, preach and and um, and cajole people so much, right? <laughs> ultimately, people are gonna people are gonna do what they are going to do. When Richard and I used to do management training, we would use the analogy, you know, you. you You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? And we have all heard that. And so we used to say, well, sometimes you have to force people to drink. You know, you literally have to put their head down and put their face in the water, and then they say, oh, the horse says, oh, this, is, this water is actually good. Well, how do you, get, you know, how do you get people over that failure hump? And so the, the answer really is, as simplistic as this may sound, um, what we try to do is give people permission to fail and, and really convince them that to adopt this model and to see that the failure is on the path and to, when they encounter a no or when they have a failure, instead of doing what we all typically do which is start berating ourselves and saying oh you know i'm on the wrong path oh that of course that happened what i'm such an idiot you know what am i doing it's to celebrate that and to rem- remind yourself about the model to remind yourself that this is part of the path It is part of my journey and this is this this is positive not negative and if you can start celebrating that then hopefully It is kind of, to use that analogy, it is you're really pushing people in to take that drink and then that actually helps build their confidence because they see that, you know, I survived. I did get that no, I did fail, but I survived and I learned something and now I get to try again.
1: That's a that's powerful. And, and it ties in very closely with a lesson that I learned a number of years ago from Tony Robbins. And he made a comment in one of his CDs where he said, you know, when people succeed, they party. When they fail, they ponder. And he said, but the the real key to success there is what is your pondering like? And you alluded to it in in what you were just talking about, Andrea. And that is that most of the people in their pondering process are in the process of beating themselves up and saying, you know, how could I have been so stupid in in doing this? And you know what? Our brains, when when we ask our brain a question like that, Our brains are really good about coming up with at least a dozen reasons for why we're so stupid. Uh, but, But Tony said, you know, we need to look at it from a different perspective. He said, when you fail, step back and ask yourself, what can I learn from this failure? What can I learn from the process that I just went through? And he said, the bottom line is, is if you can learn one good thing, From that process, something that you're not going to do again, or maybe something on the positive side that you can do next time when you get that objection or whatever the case may be, then it's not a failure because you've learned something.
2: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. You know, and so that's, uh, you know, it's, it's really key in how we approach it. So it's, it's getting people to take action, but it's also, I guess, helping people to, you know, to change their, you know, their, their mindsets. So what are some of the techniques and strategies we can use to get people to take, you know, some of the ideas, maybe some of the learnings from their failures and actually put those into action?
2: Well, the first thing we always suggest is to really figure out where you are in your, um, I guess, your mindset. You know, one of the things that we have on our website is what we call a no quotient, and it asks – now, this is not super scientific, (laughs) just so you know, but it's kind of a fun quiz. People can go take it at our website at goforno.com, and and when you take the quiz, it gives you um, a – idea of where you are in your thinking around failure, rejection, success, you know, all of these things. It's really important to see where you're starting from. So one of the questions we also like to ask is, when you get a no, how do you respond? So it is kind of going back to what we just talked about, you know, what do you say to yourself? What kind of mindset do you have around rejection? And also, what do you do in your activities? So if you have a rejection of something, if you have a failure, do you, does that devastate you? Do you stop for a day, a week? You know, will you, will you quit something entirely? Um, analyzing your response to those things to see where you're coming from, I think is really important, Gary, to, to kind of start the process of, reprogramming and so the next thing we say is create a no awareness which is once you kind of know where you are now go just just say go for no try to get those no's Um, whether you know whether you are in sales whether you're fundraising for a charity or um, you know something that you're trying to build a business you're trying to start we all have to ask for things whether it's help money whatever So we say increase the number of no's you're getting, um, create that no awareness, see where you are, and then um, the next real step and the next real action activity, and this is kind of fun, is to set a goal for the number of no's you're going to collect, which can be very powerful because when you set that goal, you don't focus on the yeses so much as we all tend to do you know we tend to focus on the yes and we get the yes and then we're satisfied it's really how many no's am I going to try for this week and that can be really fun
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it can be a lot of fun in, in doing those things, but, but it all comes back to the whole thing of, of really getting out there and being willing to take the action and, and, and deal with the no's. You know, it's interesting because I've had, uh, I've only been doing my radio show now for about six months, um, uh, And in that time, I have had some of the most amazing people like yourself uh, on the show, people who have just got a wealth of information. They're wonderful people. Uh, They're the kinds of people that you just want to have as your friends and as your business associates. And and I'm so blessed to do that. But I've had people come to me off the show and say, how do you get so many good people to come on your show? And my answer is really simple. I ask. (laughs) and, 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 And they say, well... Have you ever had somebody say no? And it's like, yeah, I have people say no all the time. And so they say, well, so what's your attitude toward that? And it's like, uh, next, next. You know, there, right. there, there are other people out there. I mean, if you don't want to come on my show for whatever reason, you don't like me, you don't like the topic, whatever the case may be, you know, you don't like being on the radio. Hey, I'm fine with that. There's lots of other people out there who I can meet and be introduced to through other people who have been on the show and had a good experience. So it becomes a matter of, you know, of, of attitude. And I guess maybe that's a springboard to the next question I want to explore with you. And that is... How do you deal with the range of personalities you know, that you run into in this sort of thing? You know, and does it take a certain type of person or personality to be able to be successful at dealing with the nose?
2: Mm, that is a great question, and certainly, um, Gary, you fall into you know one of three categories um, that we've kind of noticed over the years, and the first one really is. Um, and people listening to this will will fall into these categories as well. We explain the go for no concept. We talk about failure and rejection and, and the model that I explained. And the person goes, "Oh yeah, I get it. Oh, I'll do that. And I'm going to increase my nose. And um and they just run with it. They're just off. And then and that's maybe twenty percent. And then you've got. Um, about 60% that fall somewhere in the middle, and they're thinking, oh, this is different. This is a new way of looking at it. I've never thought about this before. I don't really like rejection. Um, you know, they they don't, you know, haven't really tried it, but they're, they're interested. And so those people might require a little bit more training or help or support. And then you have the final 20%, which is really people, when they hear this, they go, oh, I get it, but – they have some kind of serious block around it. So um, what we find from a personality standpoint, I think, tends to be people who are—they have a lot of fear for one reason or another. Maybe they had a really negative experience where they had a painful rejection in the past, or um, they're just so hung up. And really, it comes down to being overly perfectionistic. You know, they're so hung up on not failing um, they're just they're unable to kind of adopt that different model. They want to be successful in everything. Um, they they feel like if they're going to do it and there's a chance of failure, well they're either not going to do it or it's got to be so perfect. And of course we know that that's almost impossible. So oftentimes they never get started in you know executing what they want to do. So from a personality standpoint. I think it really comes down to, you know, adopting that failure model, being willing to be flexible. And so the people that I think are most challenged um, put a lot of stress, a lot of undue pressure on themselves to be perfect. And that's the thing that, you know, we try to impart to people is this is not about being perfect. This is about, you know, tapping into that childlike persistence that childlike tenacity and of course we all remember as kids we fell on our face all the time in order to learn something new we didn't care you've got to adopt that again
1: Absolutely. Absolutely true. Well, folks, we're on with Andrea Waltz, and we're talking about go for no, pushing through uh, the failures in order to be able to get to the successes, getting to those yeses in life. And we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with our final segment of our interview with Andrea. So stay tuned.
0: Ask the average person about their hopes for entering heaven, and they'll likely respond with something like, well, I'm a good person. Alistair Begg introduces us to a Bible character who had the same response to Jesus. Listen to their exchange this weekend on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Hear the weekend edition of Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, Sunday morning at 830 here on Life Changing Radio, 1550 AM WSDK.
1: Are you happy with where you are in life? Do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more? Hi. My name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths
0: in Your Life, today.
1: Time should top off in the low 70s this afternoon
2: across the Connecticut Valley as winds might be picking up With a cold front approaching from the northwest, that drops southward tonight. Maybe a shower as it does so, low to mid-40s. Brisk winds at times tomorrow, a chilly day with sunny periods, low 50s. Monday's outlook, mostly sunny, a bit milder, upper 50s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update.
1: Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show. Uh, Good to have you guys along for the ride today. Hope you're enjoying our interview with, uh, with Andrea Waltz. Uh, She's quite quite an amazing lady, and she and her husband have put together a really, really great book here uh, called Go For No. And uh, again, as we were talking, uh, as I was listening to my conversation with Andrea, uh, one of the things that pops up is the fact that people really don't like to take action. Uh, especially when we know that there is a, is a possibility that we're going to get some sort of rejection, some sort of objection to what we're trying to do or some sort of rejection and somebody saying, you know, saying no. And yet being able, being willing to step forward and take action uh, to do that is is really amazing. And I just want to share, before we get back to the final segment of our interview with Andrea, I want to share you know a concept that I've used over the years that, is, that has really helped. And that is, especially in things like go for no, if you set a goal for what it is that you want to achieve, uh, then the goal by itself doesn't do anything. It's something that's nice. It's something that's nice to have on paper saying, I want to achieve this. I want to do business with this individual, whatever it is that you want to achieve. But until you start doing something, uh, nothing happens. You really need to take action. And so the second step in the process, once you've decided on your goal and set it, is to take action. Uh, But the key to it is, is to break it down small enough that you can take individual actions, little baby steps, things that when you look at them individually rather than looking at the whole picture, they're really, really no big deal. And then as you jump in and you begin to take action, Look. Monitor. Step number three is monitor. Monitor the progress that you're making and ask yourself, is, is what I'm doing taking me closer to or further away from my goals? And then be willing to adjust. If, if the, the actions that you're taking are getting you closer to the goal that you set for yourself, then keep doing the same stuff. Uh, but if not then make some adjustments and keep making those little course corrections until you finally get to where you want to be. Um, One of the speakers I know gives an example of a plane that's flying from Los Angeles to Hawaii, and he said, do you realize that that plane is off course 95% of the way? But fortunately, there is an autopilot on the the aircraft that's looking at the different satellites and triangulating its position and doing the calculations. And so the whole flight between Los Angeles and, and Hawaii is... I'm off course, adjust, I'm off course, adjust, I'm off course, adjust. And sure enough, you know, several hours later, the plane lands right on a target, right on the runway uh, in Hawaii, and it's all because of those little adjustments. So think, think, think about things in terms of that. I think when you begin to break it down that way, it makes it a lot, a lot simpler. Well, that's what I have to say about it. Let's get back and see what else uh, Andrea has to share with us in the philosophy of go for no. Okay, we're back with uh, with Andrea Waltz in our final segment of the interview today, um, and we've been talking about the you know the types of people uh, and and what people experience and the fact that there's there's 20 percent of people when you present them with this go to no philosophy uh, that they they jump on it and they they get it and they go out and take action. There's kind of 60 percent in the middle that. Um, you know, require some training, require a little bit of help, uh, but eventually they get it and they will move forward. And then there's the 20% sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum, who really are facing a lot of fears and a lot of struggles, and and they really require uh, you know a lot of work and a lot of help in order to be able to push through those things. And Andrea, as you were talking about that in the last segment, it it really kind of keyed into my mind that the, that the customers that you're dealing with out there, the people that you're trying to get yeses from, kind of fall into the same statistical realm. And that is that there are 20% of the people out there who are going to buy the product or service that you're offering pretty much no matter what you do. And there's 60% in the middle who require some degree of convincing. They may have some questions and and things like that. But if you handle it properly, you can get through the no's, you can get through the objections, and you can get to the yes. And then there's 20% of the people on the bottom end of the spectrum who aren't going to buy from you no matter what you do. And, And so I think that kind of is an interesting comparison. How do you feel about that? (laughs)
2: I love that Gary that is so insightful and I could not agree with you more it's so true and so I think the key is from a go for no standpoint you know one of the things that we teach and this isn't kind of more of a sales strategy but it is in kind of disqualifying and figuring out you know who's just a definite no. Who is in that 20%? And can you ask a qualifying question, you know, to find out if the person has a need for what you want? You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, we live in a high-rise apartment in downtown Orlando. So if I get a phone call from a lawn and garden service, Um, they should not start convincing me that I need their lawn and garden service. It's not going to happen no matter how much they convince me. I don't have a lawn. I don't have a garden, right? So the qualifying or disqualifying question is, you know, do you have that? And if so, then start, you know, trying to figure out what, if their services can help me. So I think for everybody, there's those questions or those ways that they can figure out, you know, and, and qualify who they're dealing with so that, you know, that final 20%, you don't even have to worry about it. It saves you time and it saves your prospects time.
1: Absolutely. I think, I think that's some very, very wise advice there is to be able to ask those kinds of questions that really help you ferret out where the people fall uh, in that spectrum and and if there are people who are not going to buy no matter what you do then don't waste your time with them because that that just becomes an exercise in both frusta- frustration and futility for both of you um but how do you deal with uh with the rejection and fear aspect of, of you know having people tell you no and maybe kind of tied in with that is what do you do with people who constantly seem to get the no's but never get the yeses?
2: Yeah, you know, eventually, and we, we talked some about learning from your failures, and so sometimes, you know, we have that situation where somebody says... Uh, you know, I'm just getting you know nothing but no's, and so when that starts to happen, obviously at that point, you know, it, you have to start looking at okay, what can you do differently, and can you switch something up, and can you learn from someone in your um, industry, or a colleague, or a friend, or someone who could give you guidance on you know, what you can change to see if the results can, you know, can be bettered because you go for no is not about just doing the same thing over and over and over thousands and thousands of times. Um, you do need to get creative. You do need to try different things. You do need to mix it up. And, um, you know, when you do that, I think it gives you, again, those opportunities to learn, um and so we always say, you know, don't just think that, you know, it, it's just repetitive over and over. You you do need to get creative. In terms of the fear, too, I think it's so important to remember, and you, you alluded to it, and again, this is an attitude that a lot of people don't have, um, but it's that taking it personally and that fear of being judged, I think, that stops a lot of people So it's really learning to depersonalize it and understanding that someone's decision has everything to do with their situation, their current needs, their money, their values, um, and really ultimately nothing to do with you. And um, as my husband, Richard, even likes to joke, he says, and if there's the one in the hundred that it is something about you, well, who cares, <laughs> right? You, you've got to move on. You, you do have to develop a thick skin, but you never get that opportunity to develop that thick skin if you never take that action. So, Gary, it's, it's one of those things that you can't help, and it sounds cliche, but it is a cycle. It's a, it's a chicken or egg thing you know do you become fearless and take action or do you have to take action and become fearless it's just one of those things
1: yeah and there's there's a couple of things in there that I that I think are really key and one is uh one I think is very very well summed up by uh saying that Zig Ziglar used to use all the time and that is that failure is an event failure is not a person mm, and and, and so you know we're not failures just because we fail Yeah, we get out there and we screw things up, but that doesn't mean we're bad people. That doesn't mean that we don't have the ability to, you know, to be successful. And the other thing that popped into my head is uh, is that the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting to get different results. You know, if, yeah. we, if we have stuff, if we're going out there and we're trying stuff and we're trying to push through the, the, the no to get to the yes, and we're getting no, 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 and that's all we seem to be getting, or even if the percentage of yeses that we're getting are extremely low, we need to step back and say, what's going on here? What is not working? Um, and again, I fall back to some, you know, some things that I use in my coaching world where I tell people, set a goal. Take action toward the goal, but then monitor what's going on and ask yourself consistently, are the actions that I'm taking getting me closer to or further away from my goal? And if your sense is that they're moving you further away, then you have to make adjustments, and you have to get into that loop of make adjustments, try something new, see what it's doing make adjustments, try something new, see what it's doing until you begin to get that combination of things. And to add what you were talking about, Andrea, of getting people in your industry who, who have the experience, you know, being willing to get on a LinkedIn or, or something like that, get into the business groups, ask questions, find people who do things that you do. And in addition to that, find people who are in completely different industries than you are, because sometimes there's a lot of crossover there and you can get some very, very creative creative ideas for them about, well, gee, in, in the work that I do, this is how I would handle it. And, and you know, just by, by reaching out and especially with the social media that we have out there today and the ability to connect with hundreds and thousands of people who are very, very good at what they do, it's an opportunity for us to really build ourselves up and, and to find out the right way to do things.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you're so right about learning from other industries. We've gotten some of our best ideas not from people in our, you know, book writing, book publishing, and speaking industry. You know, it's been from one of our best ideas for setting up a client agreement came from someone who sold us, you know, a video. So you do, um, you can learn from so many people. And I think just, like you said, adjust, learn, adjust, and, Um, Just be uh, open-minded enough to try those things so that you can have those failures and successes and then just keep adjusting along the path.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Andrea, I'll tell you what, we're coming down to the end of our time together here. I could spend all day talking with you about this stuff. So if you're open to it uh, several months down the road from now, I'd love to have you come back and talk some more about, uh, about go for no and some other learning things, because I know the people in our audience today have, have benefited uh, from our conversation. But if you would, just take uh, the last couple of minutes that we have here, uh, tell people about who you are, what you you do, how they can connect with you so that if they want to reach out to you, they can, they can take advantage of the wonderful knowledge that you have.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, I'd love people to visit goforno.com. We've got videos there, blog, um, the No Quotient assessment that people can take, and uh, our social media is linked up to that website, of course. And we've got a great Facebook where I post daily motivation. So um, <laughs> everything's no, so uh, people can come and and be reminded of of you know our our lessons. So that's pr- that's the easiest way people can learn about us.
1: Cool. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to be with me today. I've really enjoyed the conversation, and I look forward to talking with you some more. Thanks so much,
2: Gary. It was my pleasure.
1: Well, it was a great, uh, a great interview with uh, with Andrea Waltz uh, from down in Florida. Uh, she and her husband, as we said, are the author of authors of a book called Go for No. So check it out, Go You'll want to get a copy of the book. It's some some great stuff to learn from. And uh, and Andrea and her husband are just you know, wonderful people. Uh, so it's uh, it's really good to have uh, the quality of of people like them on the show. And Andrea, I don't know if you're listening today, but if you are, God bless. Uh, thanks very much. For being part of the show, we'll have to uh, twist your arm again and uh, and get you back on the uh, on the show to talk about some other things. You have know, some key learnings out of that last segment. Um, you know, do does action uh, drive you to be fearless, or do you become fearless first and then take action? And you know what, what you know, it's a kind of a, as Andrea said, it's kind of a chicken and egg. Type of thing. Which one? Which one comes first? And sometimes it's a it's a hybrid. Uh, but the thing that I have found that has worked for me is that just getting out and taking action. Uh, you know, even when you don't want to. Uh, there there are a lot of people who struggle with that, getting out there and taking that consistent action. And yet, um, taking action in the sales realm of your business is just like going to the gym. Uh, When you go to the gym and you get on the treadmill or the bike or you start lifting weights or something like that, the first time you do it, man, it's painful Uh, and and you don't want to do it again. But the more you do it, the more you go back, and the more you repeat that process, uh, the better it feels. After a while, your body starts to adjust to it. You get used to lifting those weights. You get used to building a, building that strength. Um, and, and it's the same way emotionally for us. Uh, when we're afraid of doing something, when we think that something bad is going to happen, or whether we're just afraid of that rejection, the more we get out there and the more we do it, uh, the stronger that massive action muscle becomes and the more comfortable you get with it. And it really, over a period of several months of doing it consistently, it gets to a point where when you look back at where you were when you started the process and where you are now, it's almost like in that particular facet of your life, you don't even recognize yourself as the same person Um you know, in the, in the consulting and coaching business, I used to struggle with approaching people and talking to them and making phone calls. And now it's just such a habit-knit way of the way I do things that it just, you know, it just works for me. Uh, so I encourage you to do the same thing. And, and above all, remember what Zig Ziglar said, failure is an event, failure is not a person. Learn from your mistakes and and move forward. That brings us down to the close of another uh, edition of The Gary Smith Show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We really love having you along for the ride, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Uh, Over the next couple of months, we get some really, really exciting people. Uh, Actually, this coming Monday morning, I'm going to be interviewing Scotty Nell Hughes, uh, author of the book called Roar and... uh, a key figure in the Tea Party Network. She's a great lady. And also we have uh, Dr. Gina Loudon, who's going to be on with us in a few weeks. Uh, Dr. Gina is a a psychologist and best-selling author and a good Fox News contributor. Uh, So she's going to be on. So we've got some really great people for you. So we hope you'll come back and join us. So uh, until next Saturday at 11 a.m., God bless you. Have a great week. Live your life on purpose. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, Optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.